Okay. <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in the Brighton neighborhood of Boston, pretending I'm at work. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me for this first Friday Phyllis Faves edition of Little Red Bandwagon, the only person it could be for a first Friday Phyllis Faves edition in the Finney Ridge neighborhood of Seattle, Washington, on her staycation, Phyllis Fletcher. Good morning, Phyllis. Hey, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> a lot of build up. I know it's it's exciting. I just I wish you had me. I, I mean, I wish I had you everywhere that I went because I need a hype man like <laughs> announcing my arrival. <laughs> or I wish you had me just like tagging along everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I could take that. That'd be great. If I if this was every other podcast, I'd have the air horn sound effects ready for your entrances, but we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as always, Monday editions are our TBTL recaps, uh, but this is a Friday, and this is when we take a look back at favorite moments from TBTL history, and at least for a few more months, foreshadowing, mm-hmm. Phyllis Fletcher is going to be here to do that with us first. Uh, well, actually, let's get right into it since I already said it. Phyllis, uh, well, we have you, mm-hmm. and before we get into Jen the Behavior Cop, Mm -hmm. Uh, You have some breaking news that's breaking across all platforms in (laughs) recent days. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Why don't you tell us where you're going? (laughs) Yes, I am going to work for NPR. And um, I'm very... Right, yeah. (laughs) That's National Public Radio? (laughs) Right, I know. Isn't that just a um... bunch of hippies from the 70s? (laughs) Yes, it'll be me and Bob Edwards. Yeah. And Red Barber. Um, Yeah. um, I was uh, very flattered this year that they approached me about a um, basically it's a it's an editor type job uh, at NPR that they give a very fancy title, which is bureau chief. And um, uh, domestically, uh, NPR has the country mapped out as four bureaus, and they realized sometime last year that they needed a fifth because the expectations are so much um, to get stuff on the air on the shows that you probably listen to if you're a public radio nerd, Morning Edition, and All Things Considered. The pressures and expectations are so uh, so great now um, that the they just needed they needed to somehow ease the load on the four um bureau chiefs uh who are there so the the regions are very large to give you an idea they just call them you know um eastern bureau chief southern midwest and west and they decided the west and the midwest were ones that they needed to kind of recarve and reallocate and um I think that they could have gone about it a number of different ways, but at some point they decided that they were interested in me and they approached me about um, being possibly their fifth bureau chief. And that's what ended up happening. So that's what I'll start doing on September 18th. So Culver City couldn't pull its weight. <laughs> Probably because they're not in LA, as has been much discussed on TBTL. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm I mean, I'm I'm really glad that they decided that they wanted me to 
help out. Um, I'll also be taking um, some of the burden off the Midwest guy. So I'll find out more about that once I actually start the job. But um, I know that my territory will include the Northwest and uh, I presume Alaska. So uh, I will get to visit Alaska for the first time in 30 years. So I'm excited about that too. If only we knew an airline that went there. Um, <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Seattle and the Pacific Northwest has come a long way from being Alaska South. Now there's going to be a bureau chief headquartered in the Finney Ridge neighborhood of Seattle, Washington. It's crazy. It's, um, I mean, it's the, yeah, I, I'm sure I'll learn more about kind of the oral history of this bureau chief system as I go into it. I know that for a long time, it actually was, it was there was just still one Western bureau at NPR, but it was job shared between a person who was in the Seattle area and a person who was in the LA area. And then it was consolidated in, you know, Culver city, as we know. And then they actually decided now that it does need to be two full people. Um, but uh, I'll be interested to see how it, it progresses. Um, because part of this too, part, my job was announced by NPR in conjunction with uh, a hub system they want to roll out. Their VP of news is a guy who comes from the Associated Press. And so I think he has a vision for how this is all going to look in a few years that is is different from how it looks now. So I'll be excited to be part of getting that going. I expect to hear one-fifth of all music beds on NPR to be Nirvana and Pearl Jam now. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I was always the the chick who, when I had the weekend shift, um, you know, my music beds were all kind of like... Uh, like more more kind of uh luke-ish like funk and hip-hop type stuff um so in fact he gave me my music beds for my first piece that i did on kuow about racism that happens on the phone i think we may have played that we piece have on played LLB. that on this yes. show we have yeah. harvested your past content <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah well uh, you know better than just letting it sit there on a on a server laying dormant so um but but yeah i'm uh i'd be more of the uh blue scholars type music beds yeah. on npr i think <laughs> uh <laughs> speaking of your intellectual property um, yes. This actually transitions nicely. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your timeline for this big, big change? And uh, quite sadly, uh, yes. some of the rules that are going to come with you being employed by um, a national outfit like this uh, NPR apparently is. Yeah, I know. Well, so um, I it, it, one thing that's uh, really cool about my resume and my LinkedIn presence is that you can see TBTL and LRB right on there. Um, I have all these other projects that I do that are part of my uh, professional development as well as kind of fun and hobbies for me. And um, so I brought up uh, with NPR very early in our discussions about this that I have all these things that I like to do. And, um, you know, they were very respectful about it, but they said, you know, we get that you enjoy these things um, and uh, we are happy for you. However, <laughs> um, we ask that when people work for NPR that they really limit their outside projects. And um, we went back and forth about this for a while and they were very 
um, you know, they were, I was, I remember having this kind of pit in my stomach feeling like, you know, at some point someone's going to get frustrated and be like, just give up your stupid podcast. But they never did that. Um, they treated it very seriously. And they said, you know, we would like for you to have the opportunity to, um, you know, wrap up these projects and actually say goodbye. So we'd like to um, offer you the chance to limit your um, your appearances on these podcasts to just the the first six months um, with us and to only do it when you have designated time off. So um, because I don't know when I'm going to be able to get time off, um, it's just easier for everybody if I can wrap it up now. So what I'm going to try to do is um, do some evergreen episodes with you guys that um, we can use um, through 2017 and then um, you know and obviously you can rerun them whenever you want uh, and you know that which would be kind of cool to have a Phyllis fave of a look back on TPTL as a rerun <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't hate on it I'd probably listen to it but then um, I I with gratitude pass the uh the fave torch back for you guys to do with what you want in 2018 and beyond so i'll really miss it i love lrb i love tbtl and you know i'm just glad to have this chance to record the last few episodes with you guys because it's been really really fun can you give me a little um can you just keep your mic open and talk for a couple of weeks about how those clowns in Congress are a bunch of clowns? Because my goal is to just supercut words that you say into a DJ 3000 scenario so we can keep having you on. Yeah. Just uh, talk about how things are mass good. <laughs> yeah. For, right. Give me enough tape and we'll be able to yes. make it happen. Yes. Uh, I probably could do that. Just follow me around and just listen yeah. to me talk endless rafts of shit and then repurpose it forever. <laughs> I'd probably listen to that when I wasn't busy talking. They can't get mad if you're not actually on the show. There's there's right. years of tape of you in the in the domain, you know. We can find right. you. Uh and speaking of your LinkedIn, I'm going to put the I'm going to put the link in your show notes since you're a big fancy professional now. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yes. Uh, we'll put the yeah. link and then everyone can go connect with you, whatever linking is on LinkedIn, and then go yeah. endorse you as I just did for snapping necks, cashing <laughs> large checks, busting yeah. caps and taking large naps. Thank you. Yes. Yes, I need that. I mean, I'm glad, I think, that um, despite the fact that I have that silly stuff on my LinkedIn, NPR was interested. So I'm just going to keep it there. To be fair, you buried it under things like <laughs> on-air promotion and demography. Yeah, so I assume that true. people just fell asleep by the time they got to the end of the list. Yeah, what a snoozer. Oh, by the way, that is one thing that I will uh, continue to be allowed to do is um, pledge drives. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still get to do that. They'll be limited, and um, stations that request me will have to go through NPR Media Relations, but um, I will still get to do that. So that's fun. I imagine that the demand is going to be pretty high pretty quick. Once <laughs> once they get a taste for you, and and we, we should get into this. I mean, you're really, you're dispatching reporters and slugs and dealing with assignments and cleaning people up and making them sound better, which is one of your strongest things. But uh, should we expect to hear the occasional 
uh, Phyllis Fletcher uh, moment on on Phyllis Edition or All Phyllis is Considered? Are you just going to be taking over (laughs) the NPR airwaves? This is step one of domination, right? Right. I mean, when I listen um, and I think about, man, have I heard the other bureau chiefs on the air? I think they pop up, but rarely. Um, and I'd be happy to if they ever needed me to. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, it'd be it'd be fun. Um, but I'm sure I would just be kind of pinch hitting for, you know, some reporter who actually knows more about the thing, but is too busy going and doing the thing to actually pop up. So but if they if they needed me, I would do it. Do we need do we need some positions to become available to get you? I mean, I'm not saying anything's going to happen to Audie Cornish. I'm just saying if something were to happen to Audie Cornish. (laughs) You stop it, you. Uh, I, uh, you know, whatever, whatever they need me for, I'd be happy to do it. And, um, you know, as we all know, Steve Nelson is over there and so you know running the podcast game so if I can pop up on one of their podcasts if it's okay with my new bosses I would be happy to do it so there we go um yeah so yeah it would be it would be fun so if Luke Hedden shot his mouth off at PRPD he could be the fifth bureau (laughs) chief (laughs) which I'm sure he'd love (laughs) God, he he would find it so annoying Uh, in, in all seriousness, though, you were with the Northwest Keiko News for a while. And, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. before that, KUOW, right? So this is a good yeah. step up for you. And this is great for you and the family. And you're still going to be working from home most of the time. So you're still going to yep. be in Seattle. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we still can get our occasional Phyllis sighting. And once you get your time off figured out, we can probably wrangle you back with enough negotiations. I mean, I'll put in a formal request with NPR. And, you know, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we'll just we'll we'll lean into needing one of your skill sets on our show for something, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, you just never know. You just never know. And you know, I mean, these things change. Who knows? You know, but um, I'm gonna respect what they're saying for now and um, plan to sunset my LRB activity. Um, you know, next year and. I've just, you know, it's yep. been so much fun and I'm really gonna, I, I really truly am going to miss it. And I really truly am always going to be a Wagoneer in a 10. So I will always be listening. Yep. And if we start getting sassy, timely commentary at com from Gus, maybe we'll know he had a little help. <laughs> yeah, right. Just saying. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We're not done with you yet for this year, though. We still have some Phyllis favorites to go. And for this month. Uh, you're taking us back to September 2008, but there's a little extra setup here. So why don't you tell us the backstory on this theme and how you got into it? Uh, and then you've got a couple of clips for us. Oh, yeah. So the backstory is something that uh, th- this is the kind of thing that comes up on TBTL and LRB occasionally, which is um, witnessing parenting glitches that's the backstory so in august 2008 jen went to a cupcake shop here in seattle really popular one called trophy cupcake in wallingford um not too far from andrew's house and uh this little girl was tripping in line because uh she pointed out a cupcake that she wanted and it was a big one and they have that trophy big ones and mini ones and the mom was saying nope you're gonna get a small one and the kid was, I want the big one. Nope, the small one. The big! And they went around and around like this. And other than this, the cupcake shop was totally silent. And um, the mom said to Jen, you know, um, 
if you don't mind, we're just going to um, cut ahead of you here um, because she's having kind of a hard time. And Jen said, okay. And the the mom ended up going up to the counter and they, this argument was continuing. And eventually the mom got out of there, but not before buying her daughter the big cupcake. <laughs> and this was a major major event for Luke and Jen to recap and what they decided from this is um, that Jen didn't intervene but perhaps she should have because there's all this talk about how it takes a village and blah 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 and you know what exactly could or should she have said they they um, Monday morning quarterbacked that for a while and then said you know from now on we're just going to intervene we're going to change and become the type of people who actually get involved and intervene and say something and see if it makes a difference. And so she and Luke made this vow. And then not too long after that, two things happened to Jen back to back in September, 2008. I certainly have been inappropriate in church many, many times. I could right now tell you probably three examples. So I, I understand about being inappropriate in church. We've all done it. But I was sitting in church on Sunday morning and the first thing that caught, there was a couple sitting two rows in front of me. And the first thing that caught my eye was that he was wearing a Brett Favre jersey. Which, <laughs> uh, New York Jets or Green Bay Packers? Packers. We'll see that right there. It's not even, I mean, it's outdated for one. <laughs> I have never seen a Favre jersey in church. So that really caught my eye. So I was kind of staring and saying, Jason, look at that, look at that. He, yeah. he was ignoring me. It wasn't like a, a, a a Brett Favre jersey tux? No. No, it was just a good old-fashioned jersey. jersey. But yeah. then the woman turned to him, and I audibly gasped because she had a Bluetooth in her <laughs> ear in church. Then he turned to look back, and he had one in his ear. And then I thought, well, certainly they're going to take it out when church starts. No. Certainly they're going to take it out during confession. No. Certainly they're going to take it out during communion. No. What? I could not believe it. I was dying. I was consumed by it. So I took out my phone with a camera, my BlackBerry, <laughs> and I was trying to take a picture. I was trying so hard, and I kept holding it up, and the people behind me were like, <laughs> so I could tell they could tell that I was trying to take I a picture I love that you it. got dragged. You know, you lay down with dogs, you wake up with fleas, Jennifer. They had their Bluetooths in like <laughs> idiots, but then you got drawn into their world of idiocy. You're trying, I'm to, trying to take their picture. You're wielding your camera in church, which is pretty. Pretty rude itself. So then Jason said, you're being totally inappropriate. And I said, they're being totally inappropriate. They have on Bluetooth. They're probably waiting to hear about the, their meth connection. And Jason's like, you're being inappropriate. Do not Being in church is sacred and someone should not take your picture. So then we're like, and then the people behind us were like, shh. No way. Yep. At some point, did you actually hear, dun, 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 dun. You start hearing the theme from Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. Because exactly. you were you were like a, a chick, Larry David, exactly. at that point. Exactly. I don't. I I, I got to side with you on this. I think church is a sacred place. I think if you wear a Brett Favre jersey and you're both wearing a Bluetooth, you lose the right to to uh, expect that, though. Yeah, I, I know. And you might get your picture taken. And I might throw you out like a money changer. <laughs> That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. You're a gross person. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. I love Jesus, but I drink a little. You came back from Azteca shaking. Mm -hmm. You were visibly shaking. I wanted to give you a hug, but I know you don't go in for that kind of <laughs> physical display in the workplace. I respect right. that about you. What the heck happened to you? Uh, okay, I was at Azteca, and we 
just to, in case people don't know, we had made a decision a couple weeks ago that from now on when we see really intolerable, rude public behavior that we're going to step in. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting at the Azteca. I was having my side order of a chicken enchilada. And uh, this this guy walked in and he was had a Bluetooth in. Mm. So right away I was like, oh, oh dear. Trouble. You're and, like, is this church? Yeah. <laughs> so right away I was kind of on guard and he, there wasn't anyone in there but me. And um, there was a woman bartending and she was gone. Nobody was in there but me. So he came over to me and said, um, how's the service tonight? And I said, it's fine. He goes, I'm not going to stay here if it's not good service. I said, no, the service has been good. So then he went over and sat down. And his friend went to go use the restroom. How long was he in the bar area with his Bluetooth before he wondered if the service was good or not? Oh, he instantly came over to me and asked me. Like, wow. he walked in and walked right over. So right away, I thought he's looking for trouble. Paint a picture of this guy. He's middle-aged. He's young. No, he's about 30 years old. He's wearing, like, pleated dockers mm-hmm. and a short slur- short sleeve, button-down, kind of lime green shirt, mm-hmm. uh, Bluetooth. Just kind of your average doucher. Okay, good. I got and- a picture now in my mind. So I said, no, the service is fine. So he sat down, his friend went to the restroom. So she came right over and asked him, you know, how he's doing. And he said, uh, do you have a soft taco special tonight? And she said, we just have the same specials every night. And you and I go there all the time. Yes. They just have their certain happy hour specials. It never changes. It's on every table. And so he said, well, every other Azteca gives me a soft taco special. And she goes, well, these are the specials. So he looked at it and said, well, what can I get for free? And she said, well, um, during happy hour, if you're ordering drinks you can get um, an appetizer for free. I've never heard that, but I was just sitting there doing my own thing. So I said, okay, we want that. We want the free appetizer. And she said, okay, what do you want? He said, I want a Diet Coke. She said, well, that's not a drink. Yes, you have to order an alcoholic beverage. Right. Right. So then his friend came in in and sat down. And he said, what do you want? And he said, I want a Diet Coke. He goes, no, you have to order a drink. So then his friend ordered a beer. And she goes, no, like, alcohol. So he's like, beer is alcohol. And I was sitting there like wanting to say, she means liquor, dude. Like, order an alcoholic drink. Although I have to say, there's nothing about these guys that makes me like them, except if there was a happy hour deal going on, I would would assume that beer Mm -hmm. satisfied the requirement. I would Mm -hmm. not think Diet Coke does. Right. I wouldn't dare order a Kool-Aid because you never know if a big pitcher is going to bust through a brick wall and kill you. (laughs) But I would think a beer was reasonable. So then his friend said, the fact is, I don't want a beer. I just want a Diet Coke. So then he said, Doucher said, in the car, you said you want a drink, so that's why we came here. So then they got in a fight, and then his friend said, I can't deal with you when you're like this. So the friend went out to the lobby. So then he said, I want to see a manager. I'm like, wow, this is escalating really quickly. So his, his, his beef, his real anger was at his friend at this point. I think so. Or at the universe. He wanted something free. And he couldn't figure out quite how to get it. Mm-hmm. I think that was what was going on. So then the manager came out, and she's just the cutest thing. And she came out, and he said, she's trying to force me to drink alcohol. <laughs> and I don't drink alcohol. Oh, my god. And she's gosh. like, I did not try to force you. To- he, he, she is saying, I can't be in here if I don't drink alcohol. And I don't drink alcohol. And how can you force me? And he is, like, yelling at these three women. And there are these three, like, little women who work at Azteca. Azteca. And I'm just sitting there. And I'm so finally, I said, sir... Stop yelling at those women. And my hand was kind of shaking. I said, stop yelling at those women. How close were you to him? Two tables. Uh Uh-huh. So then he he kept yelling. Did you have to psych yourself up in your mind? Uh Like, I'm going to say something, I'm going to say something. And did you actually think about the conversation we'd had on the air about not Mm -hmm. letting this stuff go unchecked? Yep. 
because I was just sitting there thinking, I can just sit here and let this play out. But then I was like, I got to say something. I need to say something. And so that was kind of, and his voice was really loud, like people with Bluetooth often are, mm-hmm. like he was yelling. And I'm not sure he knew he was yelling, but they were all like clearly being yelled at. So then I said, please lower your voice. Stop yelling at those women. And he kept yelling. And I said, what did he do? Did he like even in any way acknowledge what you had said? You're not going to believe what he did. He looked over at me and he did that hand motion where he like said, shh, and he like lowered his hand like I needed to butt out. What? Like, shh. Wow. And I said, no, that is not what happened at all. You were trying to get something free and she was just trying to take your order. And then he said, and so then he said, are you going to let me? So then he wanted to ignore me. So he went back and said, are you going to bring me this appetizer with my Diet Coke or not? And she's like, I'm happy to bring you an appetizer and a Diet Coke. I just can't give you the appetizer for free. He's like, charge me $15. I, all I wanted to do was eat. And she's trying to force me to drink alcohol. Wow. I said, that is not true. You're being a liar. <laughs> so then he went out and got his friend and said, they're going to let us, they're going to let us have Diet Cokes. So his friend came in and they sat down and I said, if you're sitting in this bar, I am not sitting in here. You are a bad person. And I got up my stuff and the waitresses followed me and I walked out with, and the poor waitresses had to carry all my stuff. And I walked, <laughs> I beelined into the, li- into the restaurant and sat in the restaurant for the rest of my meal. Oh my gosh. Did what reaction? And I was like totally shaking the whole time. What did he ever, aside from giving you the international sign for take it down did he ever say anything to you no what a weirdo i know i couldn't believe it did you could you read any sort of reaction on his face no he was just in his mode i can tell that's what he does he bullies people and he causes scenes and he gets stuff for free like i could tell that was his whole shtick is that he's going to make a scene until they say you know it's just on us we're really sorry but these ladies weren't having any of that i i love his logic that so there's the woman who works in the bar. Let's just call her Rose mm-hmm. for the sake of whatever. And like Rose has probably worked there for a few years. Probably has, you know, some run-ins, but also usually things go pretty well. Do you think there's any chance the manager believes that Rose decided, I'm going to force feed this mofo some alcohol? No. I mean, what a preposterous I argument know. to make on his part. The other thing that was really interesting to me is the manager asked him to leave twice and he wouldn't leave. Wow. And I kind of felt, it, I was uncomfortable because it was three women and they were all small and yeah. they were the only people there. Were you texting me to actually get me over there? Like to no. call in the cavalry? No, no. I was just, I didn't know what to do. So I, I like, would have, something is going on here. I don't know what to do. I, I would have loved to have reached up to his little ear, pulled that Bluetooth out, said, uh, Satan, can he call you back? <laughs> and then stomped that thing into a million pieces. Yeah, it was a really upsetting situation because he was capitalizing on the fact that the one woman didn't speak English as well as he did, but the other two did. And I was in there the whole time and knew exactly what had transpired, and it was not about English. And that they were kind of small women. I just yeah. felt like this, and I was quite a bit taller than him. So I felt like, you know, I have learned that rugby move. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, you've studied the YouTube video, I believe, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you... um do you feel like it was you act do you feel like you're are you happy that you confronted this person? I really am and all of the the manager and the two waitresses all came over afterward and thanked me and were like really appreciative and, and I offered I was you saying, a free soft taco. No, I didn't get anything free. Then you're like I want a diet coke. <laughs> you're trying to make me eat tacos. <laughs> It was pretty exciting, and they were really appreciative, and I did feel like, I'm so glad that I was in there, because yeah. somebody needed to call him out on that. Yeah, you know, precisely. 
Well, Jennifer, way to way to way to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. I know, it was so exciting. I yelled at the lady who was parking in the disabled parking spot in L.A. You gave that guy what for? I think that I think we should take the rest of that off. I think we've made the world a better place. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to call him names either, and that's how I came up with "You're a bad man." <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, good job. Thank you. Nice work. Thank you. Um, Someday I'll I'll tell the story of when I yelled at a guy in line at a Texaco who was treating the Texaco worker really shabbily. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a woman, actually, excuse me, uh, who was berating this Texaco guy. I yelled at her and she turned around and she said, you're totally right. And she apologized to the guy, and she apologized to me, and I did not know what to do. Wow. She completely, uh, you know, acquiesced. It was unreal. Anyway. I did not have that. TBTL is conflict creators and sometimes conflict resolvers. <laughs> All right, I know it's not particularly related, but I don't know how Luke yelling, you're trying to make me eat tacos. <laughs> isn't a drop. I mean, I know they don't make a lot of drops out of their own voices very often, but I think we should cut that and send it to the guys because uh, that's (laughs) so thematic for TBTL. Absolutely. It was was prescient of Luke. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I was delighted that you brought these clips because they happen only a few days apart, and Luke even mentions the first one and the second one, but this is September 8th and 11th, 2008. Nine years ago. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, uh, I see the first thing that you put in your notes that I think is worth noting is you checked to see if the Packers were even playing the day that guy was playing. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was great that Luke asked what Favre jersey was he wearing and she said Packers and he was like well first of all that's outdated and then I was like let me see how it was possibly relevant for this guy to be wearing a Favre jersey on this on this date in church and I went and looked and the Packers weren't even playing that day and I guess okay they were on Monday Night Football the next night and they did beat the Vikings but I was like why does this guy need to wear his Packers jersey on this day when they're not even playing it's not like he was rushing off to a game it's so stupid well it's just just his Sunday best (laughs) maybe you're right obviously was he wearing a big fascinator or hat with it? I guess that would be the question. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was appropriately accessorized with the blute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, matching so, and his, his and hers blue teeth. Blue teeth? Yeah. Is that the plural of blue, <laughs> blue teeth? Blue teeth. And it's great how dated that is, even just a decade later. I mean, I guess just nine years. But still, yeah. I mean, it's like whoa that's it's funny how dated that sounds that and the and the blackberry are both funny references now it's great when when they started this really short clip all i could think was uh uh it sounds like a plot from the sitcom home improvement or something like I'm picturing Tim Taylor sitting in church trying to listen to a Lions game with a little radio in his ear. Yeah. And exclaiming yeah. at all the wrong times. If if that show didn't do it, then I'm sure some similar 90s cliche ridden uh, dad wants to hear the football game uh, episode did that exact bit. Yeah, and this would be totally. the Bluetooth equivalent of it. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny that he got his wife in on the game too. That like she's got to have the Bluetooth for whatever reason this was. Right. It was so it was so wacky. And I do love that Luke called it out as a curb your enthusiasm, Larry David moment because I was thinking that right before he said it, and then yeah. he said it, and it's like so perfect. <laughs> Especially the arguing. Well, yeah, I mean, the fact that they end up getting shushed and being told they're being inappropriate for judging the Bluetooth people. Yeah, that was perfect. It was so great. And how, once again, is Jason the most saintly person in all of this? Because it's not that Jen is wrong, but then Jason comes in with the comment where it's like, somehow you're like, oh, yeah, he's actually right. Like, church is supposed to be above all that stuff. You're supposed to be focused on God and not yourself and certainly not other people. (laughs) But, like, a lot of us who had to go to church, some of our earliest memories are about being shushed and being told we're being inappropriate in church. And so I think it all ties into the kind of Lisa Weinberg stuff that (laughs) Luke has worked on over the years of, like, when you get angry, it is... It's approaching a very young part of yourself. And I think that, you know, you're being inappropriate in church <laughs> is something yeah. that, you know, it, it resonates with that three-year-old or that five-year-old who can't sit still and, you know, can't stop whispering and giggling and talking. Yeah. Um, so I, I, but it's, you know, it's a huge part of what I love about Jen. She's connected to that, you know, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and I don't want to let this go. Speaking of being a moment in time, not just Bluetooth, but also Jen's Blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. So I got out my Blackberry and was taking pictures. What? And anyone who yeah. knows me knows that I'm that person now. Anytime I see something ridiculous in public or yeah. someone acting a fool or yeah. a terrible vanity license plate, which is my favorite of all. <laughs> I'm yes. always quick with the camera, uh, you know, <laughs> built into my telephone, my my Apple iPhone, uh, to yes. try to catch a picture of whatever the egregious thing going on is. And I must – someday I'm going to publish an entire coffee table book of people being ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy it. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and I think you make a good point about the, the kids in church thing being so relevant to these two because even at the very end of this very short clip – Luke says, I might throw you out like a money changer. He just... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he used to do that more than he does now, but he's good for a Bible reference once in a while. Oh, yeah. He pulled that out. (laughs) He had that right there in his pocket. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Yeah, but he really could have been a preacher. It's impressive. Oh, yeah. He's got the personality for it. He could be refusing to open up his megachurch to flood victims right now. (laughs) Yeah, he's... He's totally got the combination of salesmanship and uh, quick, you know, he's quick at his feet and charisma and he can totally yep. be tap dancing in front of a crystal cathedral. Uh, <laughs> so let's take it a few days later. Uh, yeah. And let's go to so, the Azteca. Yeah. So this is great because it's like the the um, the cupcake incident and 
the church incident really primed the pump for Jen to be like, I am going to intervene, which mm -hmm. is amazing. And I have to say, like, she timed it right. Like the first two, I don't think intervening would have been worth it. I mean, the first time she only thought about it. The second time she got kind of shushed for even just wanting to document it. But this time it's like, yeah, go Jen. This, this is... It's like everything happens for a reason, you know, and especially that she was defending two other women who are smaller than she is and that she was taller than the guy. I mean, I wonder if, um, you know, his stature maybe gave her some confidence there. But I mean, she went for it. And it's always scary as a woman to try to shut down a guy in public because you don't know how crazy they are. This guy's obviously got some stuff going on that's weird. But, um, you know, and yeah, she was the one who had to vacate the space in the end or decided to. But good for her, man. I mean, at, at least I hope that it gave that guy pause next time he was going to start tripping like that. If this is a regular thing that he does where he's trying to get freebies. I mean, how ridiculous. Uh, yeah, no kidding. I thought when I heard this, I thought about the episode way back, which we've replayed and done commentary on about the guy's fantasizing about being heroes in situations, you know, oh, yeah. saving the girl, calming the situation. Yeah. Um, and for Jen as another woman to step in, I don't want to get all, uh, you know, one and a half men on this, but you know, there's a, <laughs> there's an unfortunate instilled dynamic that comes into the gender roles of this particular situation. That's impossible to miss. Yeah. And, and Jen just shut it down. I mean, she had, yep. She was tough. Yeah, that was awesome. It was, it was, um, when I was reviewing this, uh, to prepare to talk to you, um, and usually I'm listening to TBTL in earbuds and this time I, um, Gus was in bed. So I had it just playing on my phone out loud and making some notes. And, um, when she gets to, sir, you, that is not true. You are being a liar. Yep. <laughs> Josh was like, damn what are you listening to <laughs> and I was like it's TBTL and he was like oh okay and he was like yeah last time I, you were listening to something like that and I thought it was TBTL but it was Howard Stern show and I was like right <laughs> nope this is this is TBTL it's old TBTL and and I think just neither he nor I are used to listening to people be that upset and also calling something out that hard like we we're like whoa um right and even i mean like in seattle that's not something you even overhear that much like you know people um tend to simmer <laughs> in this town and be passive aggressive and this was one of those situations where that wasn't gonna work um you know because he had already kind of taken it turned it up to 11 so she said fuck that i'm turning it up to 12 motherfucker you are wrong that was so <laughs> great i love that and it's one of those things where like yeah you wish Jen could be everywhere but it's you know maybe we all need to be Jen and that was kind of their point when they first started down this this path of we're going to intervene now you know like we're going to do that I think that that is you know a good call in some situations it can be scary because people are nuts out there yeah. but um, you know they were they were grateful because they knew this guy was in sh in shenanigans. So good for Jen. It's awesome. And it is inspiring. Absolutely. And 
you know, just to step back a little bit, she saw the salmon-colored flag when he asked, how's the service tonight? This guy trying and to set just, it up. I love the description. 30, pleated khakis, Bluetooth, average doucher. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of person that, you know, like, y- you wouldn't have necessarily noticed if he hadn't said something like that if he had just been mild-mannered and you know doing his thing it's like okay the guy's just chilling here whatever i'm not gonna judge but uh she was already with the catalog <laughs> description of everything that was wrong uh-huh. was so great and the she Bluetooth. saw it coming oh yeah she sure did yeah that was yeah. that was great oh so funny and it, it is hilarious that they both had bluetooth what is this church <laughs> so great <laughs> yep. Jen and Andrews I, I, can be the bouncer of my life anytime yeah totally man you are being a liar <laughs> you are a bad person <laughs> I love that it's awesome it's just and you know that is um, you know someone who's really I mean to go back to the Lisa Weinberg thing it's like she's internalized a lot of lecturing and you know has has been i think pretty pretty clear about that she disagrees with some things that happened to her at Jesus Creek because she was a girl and she's been able to really turn that inside out and say no no i'm going to call bullshit on stuff now you know like legitimate stuff that needs bullshit called like i'm doing it and um you know i just i think I think it was awesome, and I think also that it was awesome that she had a platform at the time to actually get props for it, because it's true that doing something like that, you do stick your neck out there, and you want your friends to know, and you want to get a little props, and so once again, nine years later, Jen, I give you props for doing this. Uh, Jason, if you're listening, please tell Jen. She gets uh, mad retroactive props on this um, <laughs> because it's it sets a good example and it makes me go, you know what? I, I need to have my radar out. And when I see people being verbally abused in public, I, I want to be that kind of person who would be like, no, no, stop it. And I think I think that it was really, really great. And I yeah. think it was great that Luke asked if she got something for free. <laughs> but, you know, the props that you can get from tens are worth far more than a plate of nachos or or, yes. or a chicken enchilada side. <laughs> this is the Azteca. Nobody's ever gotten anything free ever. We've learned That's that. That's right. <laughs> I know. It was so funny. Luke trying to look for one thing. Well, did Jen at least get something for this? It's so great. Uh, oh, and that, let's not forget the other salmon-colored flag was that the guy's friend didn't even want to be around him and even yep. said, I don't, I, I can't be around you when you're doing this or when, you, when you're like this. Ugh. Like, the guy has just, like, pissed off his own friends even and when you look at it like yeah okay that was that's an appropriate um form of rejection too for your friend to walk out on you but like his his friend could have been the hero and shut it down and been Mm -hmm. like not only am i walking out i am telling you you are being inappropriate and you need to stop but no it took jen it took a stranger so so once again good job yeah i think ann and i can agree we don't want this guy among our diet coke drinking brethren <laughs> no <laughs> yeah he's giving me all a bad name come on now a jerk 
Boo. Uh, before we finish this up, I do have a sort of a question to put into the universe. Maybe the archivists can check. I can put Christy on it. But Luke mentions at the end of this clip a story of being at a Texaco and, uh, you know, a woman basically apologizing after him stepping up and sort of putting herself in check and having that moment. Yeah. Um, because we couldn't get out of this clip without Luke also being a hero in his own way. Well, um, of course. I, yeah, I'm curious if we've ever gotten that story before or again, because he sort of says, this is the quick version, I'll have to tell it sometime. Yeah. Um, you know, Luke's only got 10 stories. I don't think this is one of them. So <laughs> we should remind him of this and see if he remembers it and see how it's changed through the years. I'd be curious to hear the story now. So, Oh, yeah. And I think... I think that he has, um, but it could be just because I've listened to this clip over and over because <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. Um, but I, because uh, I can, I can kind of picture this, this berating and his, his being stunned that the woman actually backed down. So I feel like he did tell it in more detail at some point. And I think you're right. We need an archivist, a historian to save the day and yeah. be the hero in this. And I think I completely got it why Luke wanted to kind of button it up by getting his little thing in there because, you know, it does make you want to copy Jen to, to hear her do something so brave and for it to have just happened. I mean, that's like, that's one of the best things that can happen in radio. And I understand why he wanted to get in on it. So you go ahead too, Luke. Keep being the hero. I like it. Yeah. All right. Let's do a little housekeeping and then get out of here. First, speaking of the archivists, we need you. Keep on archiving. It means the world of us. It's how we make these shows possible. Uh, and you get to go back and listen to clips of TBTL like the ones that Phyllis finds and like the ones the archivists find and bring to us on the show. So keep up the good work on that. Also, if you haven't listened to enough TBTL and adjacent programming yet, here are a couple of other notes. While you're listening to LRB, if something tickles you or something makes you throw your phone that we do, let us know. Send it to us because at the end of this year, we would like to not produce new shows. Instead, we would like to bring back our highlights from 2017. So, or the lowlights. Send us those clips. Let us know what you liked. Uh, and if you don't, then we will. And we'll just laugh at ourselves and that's fine. But we'd like to hear what you liked about this year. Send them our way. Uh, also, uh, I hear, uh, Phyllis Fletcher, you also appeared on some little podcast about commercials this week. Yes, I did. I finally, I'm getting all my podcasts in there, man, before my new job. So right. I, I had to do it. And, and uh, I'm, I'm very excited to say I'm on After These Messages this week, talking about all kinds of commercials from the Seattle area and crowbarring in a few discussions about commercials that feature rap. So, um, it, and I watched a ton of TV as a kid and can still recite a lot of commercials. And I had the opportunity to do that. So I'm very glad I got to. <laughs> well, uh, I've never heard of it, but I'll look for the link and, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, that's the one with Genevieve has. Yeah. I will, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll put that in the show notes for anyone who is somehow <laughs> amazingly listening to this, but not already listening to after these messages. And, uh, right. even if you usually <laughs> skip after these messages, because the thought of a podcast about a visual medium insults you, maybe, maybe, uh, Put your hang-ups to the side for this one and take a listen. Because it's Phyllis Fletcher. How could you go wrong? Oh, find it's our, fun. <laughs> find our website at littleredbandwagon.com. We're on the Stens page occasionally, but much more importantly, at Little Red Bandwagon on Facebook, Twitter's LRB Podcast. Phyllis, your Twitter handle? Phil Fletch. 
Who knows? Maybe I'll get that blue check mark. Oh my god! <laughs> I was just thinking that you're going to be an NPR bureau chief. Of course, right. you're going to get a blue check mark. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> Email us at littlebrightbandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, find Phyllis on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Phyllis Fletcher. Uh, <laughs> leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Uh, and with that, uh, I'll get us out of here. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen, and we need you as a hero. Keep doing it. I'm giving you the nailed it, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> nailed it! But yeah, I just wanted you to know that so that when that came out, you wouldn't be like, well, God damn it, that bitch didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs>